The Outlet. The voice of Central. Welcome to The Outlet. I'm your host, Brent Harbour. In this podcast, we celebrate a central legend. Ranfurly photographer Janine Fletcher has won the Sony New Zealand Institute of Professional Photography Iris Award for Landscape Open Photographer of the Year for the second time in a row. We talk about her start as a photographer and how Japanese art has inspired her. Plus, Mayor Tim Cadogan on how rates are structured and used in central Otago and how the council works to balance needs and preferences. But first, with local news from the Central app, Jackie Tucker. The Outlet, local news. Here are some of the local news stories you can read about this week on the Central app. Ranfurly photographer Janine Fletcher won the Sony New Zealand Institute of Professional Photography Iris Award for the second running. Her gold medal piece was the highest scoring landscape image in two categories. Cromwell Police Sergeant Regan Price says police are seeking information following dishonesty and driving-related offences, which occurred over the weekend between Queenstown and Cromwell. Two youths have been referred to youth services in relation to the offending, which includes theft from a vehicle and a vehicle theft after being taken into custody. And campaigning has begun for the general election. The Central app will introduce readers to the candidates standing for the Southland electorate over the next few weeks. On the app now, you can read more from National Candidate Joseph Mooney, Labour's Dr Simon McCullum and the Green Party's Dave Kennedy. And that's local news, thanks to the Central app, the first choice for local news and information in central Otago. Read these stories and more by clicking the news button and turning on notifications. The Outlet. The Voice of Central. Aquafit classes are held every Monday and Wednesday, 9am to 9.45am at Alexandra Pool. The intensity varies from faster to lower paced options and on Fridays the class members take over for their own version called Yakasize where they take turns at running the class themselves. Sounds like fun. If you want to find out more go online to codc.govt.nz forward slash services forward slash pools. Janine Fletcher has won the Sony New Zealand Institute of Professional Photography Iris Award for Landscape Open Photographer of the Year for the second time in a row. We talk about her start as a photographer and how Japanese art has inspired her. Congratulations on winning the Landscape Photographer of the Year for the second year in a row. Can you please share the inspiration behind your winning portfolio and the process of incorporating Japanese art forms? Just to to be clear, so this is one of two Landscape Awards and I've won the Landscape Open Photographer of the Year. That is where you can really exercise your creativity and I can actually bring in those different sort of inspiration like the Japanese and Chinese and kind of Zen sort of photography so as a photographer I'm looking to to really put my own interpretation or spin onto a landscape as opposed to just documenting it for what it is we have beautiful landscapes here but it is nice to do something different and in this case I've had a long sort of admiration of Japanese and Chinese art and thought really hard about what I could do to bring a story to this as a photographer love that sort of quiet contemplative kind of feel. So can you tell me how you became interested in photography and what kind of photos and subjects sparked your interest? I guess I've always been interested in art just even from a really small person 
And I always borrowed my mum's camera and went out and took really weird photos with it. And it was a lot of fun. Whilst I really admire documentary photography, I really think that's a real true art form. I love making something new, something different, and, and using really strong graphics. So, yeah, lifelong. And how has your early photography influenced your current work? This is a great question. I just thought, uh, going back to what I was saying about borrowing my mum's camera, I was always taking the really weird photos and sort of challenging what people would normally think of photography and what is possible. And that has definitely come through in what I do now. I love trying to do things that people haven't done before. What is it about the Central Otago landscape that makes great foundations for your photographic work? It's a landscape you need to spend a little time with because it is an epic landscape. But it's bizarre because people come to me and go, oh, yeah, I've taken this photo on my phone. How can I get it better? It's actually quite hard. So I think rather than photographing the entire landscape, I just really enjoy picking apart pieces of it and finding that sort of sparseness and quietness. And as I said before, you really do need to spend some time here and really get to know it to get the best out of it. Yeah, there's there's lots of sort of ways of capturing it. Don't you know the details, man's impact, whether it's negative or positive on the landscape. So there's 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 tons of possibilities. So what advice would you give to aspiring photographers who may want to try a unique style? Uh, look, I mean this sounds really boring, but actually learning the basics really well for a start. And I spent some years as a commercial portrait and wedding photographer. And I learnt my craft really well during that time. And that has given me the ability to push those rules and and have a bit of fun with it. I think the other things would be to really cultivate a literacy around visual things. So feeding your mind with lots of different sorts of art. And we're really, really lucky here in central Otago. We've got lots of practicing artists and a great art gallery and also adopting a really great powers of observation and kind of a beginner's mindset with that. Look I think that's good advice because the creativity is there but you you don't want to jump in the deep end first you just got to get your basic photo right hey and then you go okay so now from this I can work on integrating other things that I want in there. Absolutely yep learning the rules so you can break them that's a good way to go too. Can you please tell me a bit about your gallery and your online shop and what sort of photographs and art you can buy there? Well I'm really fortunate I have a beautiful wee gallery on the main street of Ranfurly just opposite the Ranfurly Hotel. It's it's fabulous it's got big windows and timber floors and and I'm really really lucky to have it. Now I um, at the moment it's sort of winter it's I'm not here all the time but from beginning of October I kind of kick into it and here with regular hours but also I do sell all of my work online and I also welcome people giving me a call if they want to come in and have a look it's not a problem I live just down the street so it's easy but yeah just right now getting ready for opening up for summer and getting that new work printed and framed because I print and frame all my own stuff it's quite an exciting time actually um, so I'll be releasing that work over the next few months it's all here. It's all available. So where do they go online? What's the address to find it? I have a problem name. My name is Janine. It's spelled J-A-N-Y-N-E. So I am Janine Fletcher dot co dot 
N-Z. So just just my name. But a Google search even seems to pick up the Jane variant. Hey, well, congratulations again on your award and your work is fantastic and I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been brilliant. The Outlet. Jobs Board. Here's some jobs you'll find listed this week on the Central App. Pure Pack New Zealand Cherries Cromwell are looking for an experienced tractor driver to join their team out on the beautiful Cromwell Orchards. It's a six-month fixed term starting September and the pay is $27.50 to $31.50 an hour depending on experience. Alexandra Knight and Day have some part-time and fixed positions available. Days and hours to be discussed at the interview and it requires one weekend day a week. These positions are in preparation for a busy summer ahead. Full training is given, so pop in and see Hayden or Brooke. Findex Central Otago have a fantastic opportunity for a talented and ambitious accountant to join the business advisory team in their Alexandra or Cromwell office. It's a permanent full-time role in Alexandra or Cromwell, and you can surround yourself with people who inspire and challenge you. All these jobs and more can be found by clicking on the Jobs button on the Central app. The Outlet. The voice of Central. On the homepage of the Central app is the new Local Loyal button. And when you click on that, you'll find some amazing deals, like a free four-wheel rotation and free tyre pressure check in August if you show the voucher on your app to the team at Thailand and Alexandra and Cromwell. The Local Loyal button is local supporting locals on the Central app. You're listening to The Outlet. I really like the interviews. I like that it's easy to listen to while I'm at the gym. I like that it's local and all about this community. The Outlet. The voice of Central. The Daffodil Day Street Collection is on Friday the 25th of August from 8.30am to 5pm. Now Daffodil Day is the Cancer Society's major annual fundraising event. Funds raised support the Cancer Society's ongoing work. So please give today so no one faces cancer alone. Mayor Tim Cadogan says we need to be careful when comparing rates to other regions. We talk about that and how the council works to balance needs and preferences. Hi Tim, welcome to The Outlet. Thanks very much Brent, it's great to be here again. Now everyone wants their rates to be comparable to other regions, I mean that's understandable, but as you say context is important when comparing rates, can you please give me your thoughts around this? Yeah, I made this um, comment in a central app uh, weekly column two or three weeks ago and it, it happened when the taxpayers union bring out their annual rate survey and, and they take a view and everyone's entitled to a view that the higher the rates, the worse. Uh, you know, that that's just the, the one measure that you take is if the rates are low, then happy days. And the comment that I made was that that may not necessarily tell the full story. So here at CODC, we're in the sort of the, the upper level of the bottom third. So we're, we're not the top 50%, but we're probably, you know, up in the top level of the bottom third. And for the services we provide for that, I think we do very well. And that's what it comes down to is what the the council and, and the public want out of their council. So I gave two examples, and one I won't name, but a council where I visited, where they have a recycling bin, a yellow bin for all the recycling, and then if you have general rubbish, you have to go to the shop and buy a plastic bag and um, put your general rubbish in it. And what happens is, yes, I imagine that their rate, uh, the part of their rates that goes to waste is less than ours, but... You're not counting the money that they spend on the plastic bag. You're not counting the recycling that winds up going to landfill, which is expensive. 
because so many people go, I'm just throwing it in the yellow bin, I haven't got a bag, it's raining, etc. And you don't count the mess when the dogs go around and have their smorgasbord on a Wednesday morning. So that's an example of where the costs aren't necessarily all about dollars and cents. And the other example I gave was Carterton, which gets a bit of criticism for having the highest rates in the country on average. And yet, when it comes down to that, the, 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 the reason Carterton has such high rates, I understand, is that they had a discussion with the community and the community said, let's make our swimming pools free. We will wear the cost for that. So that was a community decision. It's one that, you know, kids need to learn to swim and elderly people need to, to get their exercise. And I think it's, it's, it's definitely a valid consideration. So when people go, Carterton, boo, they've got the highest rates. There's actually a really good reason and the community has decided for that. So I'm just saying it's not as simple as what it might first look like. So, I mean, how do you balance those sort of things like making pools free and then, you know, with your services for the for the council? Yeah, and that's the, the real delicate art, isn't it? It's Everyone's got a different position on what is a want and what is a need. And that, it's, that's where the rubber hits the road. So you have some needs that you simply can't ignore. We have to make sure the water flows in one direction to people's houses and and flows the other direction now when it's coming out and goes to the right places. We meter for our water, most rural councils don't, uh, which is actually far more efficient to meter for it. It gets really difficult. We, we have a conversation about, um, for me, I've got sacred cows. My sacred cows are swimming pools for that, the reasons I previously mentioned. My sacred cows are libraries because I, like when I first came to Central Otago, I was a solo dad with two wee kids. I was on the DPV, I had no money, and the library was somewhere I could go and I could get books for the kids and so forth. For other people, other things are sacred cows. Museums spring to mind. Some communities fund museums a great deal, others don't at all. So that's why you elect people to your community boards and to your councils, and I hope put some thought into it, because at the end of the day, it's those people with input from the community and that make those decisions. And next year, we've got our LTP next year, which is... It's the 10-year plan that we do every three years. So it sounds odd, but that's what it is. And we'll be having a conversation, I suspect, with our people saying, well, costs are going up for everything. Is there anything you don't want us to do? Or is there something you want us to do less? And look, I'll throw a couple of examples out there, purely as examples. I'm not saying we're going to do this or even they're on the list to contemplate, but you know, do we cut the broom on the side of the roads too often? Do, do we open, and, and again, I emphasise this is off the top of my head, the swimming pool hours too long. What would be the saving if we cut the swimming pool hours? Yeah, I, again, I emphasise that they aren't exactly where we're at. But I just want to make that point that, hey, you know, if you don't want the rates to go up, what is it you don't want us to do? Yeah, and this is the thing. So can you talk me through sort of the complexities of managing the council's finances and ensuring that the services provided uh, meet what the community needs and prefers? I mean, finding that middle ground must be so hard sometimes. It's really hard, and everything I say from here on in is going to be brutally oversimplified and, and open to ridicule from people who, who would uh, wish to do so. But we've got some things that we can't avoid. So let's take insurance, for example. Insurance, you know in your own home, your insurance costs have gone up. They're going to go up more because of the consequence of the, the Auckland holiday weekend flooding, Gabriel and everything else. Now... Would it be fiscally prudent for council not to insure its buildings and so forth? I think most people would agree it wouldn't be. So they're the things that you have to pay. But even within that, you might say, well, okay, again, making examples without saying this is what we're doing. We've got quite a number of community halls around the place that we'd have to say to ourselves they were built in the 40s and 50s. 
Would we build them again today if they burnt down? Probably not. Maybe not. So therefore, do you insure them? It's quite a, you know, there's, there's, there's an equation there. But we have these things that we have to do and then the things that we want to do, but it's also how the, the rates are broken up. So some things we can target. We can say, if you are doing that thing, then that rate's going to be targeted for that thing. And regrettably, I can't think of something off the top of my head. Uh, but we could target, and that's why people will say to us, I don't use the library, why should I pay rates? For the library well they're not targeted because everyone needs to pay for it so we could do it but you're also by law not allowed to target the rates for everything so it's not a pick and mix where you get to choose what you pay your rates for the complexity of it though is is absolutely mind-boggling and, and it's one of the things as an elected member you want to go well, how deep into these numbers do we go or do we go right oh the staff have given us this overview is that overview deep enough how do we then express that overview to the community and then particularly at a time like now with incredible inflationary pressures, we had a decision to make this annual plan. Our long-term plan, which we did now two years ago, had us sitting at about a 7% rates rise this coming for the coming financial year. But that was based on the, uh, inflation was 2%. Inflation goes to 7%, suddenly your 7% goes to 11%. Look, it's somewhere between an art and a science and magic, but it's awfully difficult. And the one thing that I say to all new elected members when they first come on board is, you're not going to make everybody happy in this job. you just got to try your best to explain to people why things are happening. And I'm not sure if I've just done that because it's so bloody complicated. No, it is complicated. But I think you, you had a good example in there where people say, well, I don't go to the library. My wife works at a library, so I, I'm always on the side of the libraries. I don't always go to the swimming pools, but I know that they're there and it, they do good for the community. But yeah, you're right, it is balancing that well. It's not all about you, it's about us as a collective, right? One of my favourite stories was a chap standing outside a, uh, I won't name the place, but a very, very much tourist-focused hotel that has a nice bar that the locals use, and he's standing there with a pint poking me in the chest saying, I don't get anything out of tourism, why should I pay any tourism rate? And I go, mate, um, <laughs> look around. Hey, well, Tim, look, thank you so much for your time today. I know you're working your magic with the rates and everything, but I really appreciate your time. Thank you. And if there's just one thing I could add, we've got a thing coming up called the Future for Local Government. Well, it's Honest Now, which is a review. It's not a reformation like we're having with other things, but we're having a look going, how can we do things differently? And the rating system doesn't really work. It's very lumpy. It, it makes people who, I, I spoke to Grey Power yesterday and here are folk that are generally asset rich and but don't have a lot of income coming in. So their rates go up. What do they do? So we are actively looking at other ways alongside central government to say, how can we do this better? Because we've been doing it this way for 30 years and you tell me anything, including ourselves, it worked as well now that, that is, as they worked 30 years ago. Absolutely. So when, when's all that happening? Well, at the moment, the, the report came out and it's, it's, it's a heavy read, but it's not a bad read. Um, back in June... And I'm actually one of seven mayors on a working group through local government New Zealand that's working through how we can bring the 65 or seven councils, depending on how you count them. Um, actually, no, it's more than that. You've got to count the regional councils, so 70-odd councils. How can we get them all on the same track for mm, the bulk of this report? Because if we go to government and say, hey, we like that bit that says you give us more money, they're going to go, what about these other bits that say you need to do some other things differently yourself? It's a, it's a really interesting piece of work and we'll be talking perhaps more about that another day. Download the Central app from the App Store or Google Play.
Thanks for listening to The Outlet. Make sure you check out the new Local Loyal button on the Central app. The Local Loyal button will give you some great bonuses as a thank you for supporting us. If you have a story or an interview you think should be featured on The Outlet podcast, get in touch by clicking the Contact Us button on the Central app. The Outlet is produced and published by the Central app and supported with funding from the New Zealand Public Interest Journalism Fund. The Outlet is available on the main page of the Central app and wherever you get your podcasts.